Listener, and thank you for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, uh, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. How's it going? I hope you're well. My name is Robert Kerr, your host on the program as always. Busy time. We're uh, deep into September on the verge of the official beginning of fall. Every level of play is in action from the pros to the college game, to high schools and the youth levels. Everybody is on the field right now. I want to give kudos to Detroit City FC for clinching a playoff berth in their first season in the USL Championship. The next goal for them over the next few games is to clinch a top four spot in their conference, which will earn them a home playoff game. Uh, But this week, we are going to kind of step aside from the action on the field at the moment as there are two new professional clubs waiting in the wings to start operations here within the next few months. So on the west side of the state, indoor soccer team uh, is set to begin here in December. Rapid City Football Club and to learn more about the new indoor club playing in a brand new indoor league. I've got Lewis Stevens on the program. And also in the program, I've got uh, Alex Lubinsky, uh, the CEO of Gold Star FC Detroit, a brand new expansion team in NISA set to uh, start operations and hitting the field in March 2023 and plan to have a brand new stadium ready for that first season of play. So, with all that in store, I'm going to step aside and let you enjoy these great segments, an expansion special, if you will, here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Robert Kerr here with the founder of one of uh, the, the, the latest developments in Michigan soccer. A brand new professional team is coming to the Great Lakes State. It was announced last week that... Rapid City Football Club will be starting operations in the Grand Rapids area, a brand new professional indoor soccer team. And to tell us all about it, we've got founder and president of Rapid City Football Club, Mr. Lewis Stevens. Welcome to the program, sir. Robert, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the pleasure's mine. Uh I just got to say, it's exciting to get more and more soccer. The Grand Rapids area is going to be entertained this winter. A lot more soccer uh, coming to the area. Um, How long has this project been in the works? And uh, why launch at this moment right now uh, in uh, late 2022? Well, you know, um, Robert, so actually this has been something, you know, that I've been kind of talking to um, with with colleagues of mine in the indoor soccer world um, for about... 18 to 24 months, to be honest with you. Um, I was taking a different approach um, in the latter stages. Um, Things kind of changed and progressed quickly. So the mindset about a year and a half ago was more so geared towards um, the MASL one and two. Um, We were looking at purchasing uh, a building in the West Michigan area so that we can have, you know, uh, indoor training, we can run uh, youth clinics and things of that nature. And also that would be comboed by having our um, MASL uh, one or two um, pro team 
practice out of that facility and then move to a place like Deltaplex or a Van Andel so that we can actually have our games. Um, the building had ended up falling through uh, a few months back, uh, I would say close to the, the beginning of this year. And then um, also around that same time, we also got word that the Deltaplex um, ended up falling through as well. They, they ended up closing their doors. Um, they ended up you know, basically kind of, they didn't really change our plans, but they kind of altered, you know, our mindset, right? Um, you know, starting from a grassroot type um, organization, club, starting a new, building a new type of fan. For us, it was very important that we started off, I would say, uh, not small, but make sure we have a target market. So when when um, we got word that, you know, the building had uh, fell through on top of, um, you know, the, those doors closing at Deltaplex, we kind of went back to the drawing board. And behind the scenes, a lot was going on with the, the, the powers that be um, at the MASL and some of the leaderships throughout ended up kind of uh, wanting to start something new that was more so for um, a different type of. Um, teams, right? Different types of teams. Because MASL, they ask for uh, so many things financially. They ask for so many things as far as the venue goes. So this new league, Major League Indoor Soccer, was more um, geared towards having some more grass-rooted, but also having some more um, teams that were, uh, I would say, also have a great following as well. And so for us, we were presented, honestly, about two, three months ago about the opportunity um, of um, joining this league, and so when they when they approached us, we you know we went to the owners' meetings um, in early August to kind of get a better grasp and understanding of what it was that this league was trying to do. And when they presented us uh, a lot of unique um, ideas as far as having ownership stake in the actual league, um, also with cash prize for the uh, the champion. Um, those types of things kind of intrigued us as far as, uh, you know, ch you know, getting the opportunity to, to join this league. So it was it was a very unique situation where they wanted us to kind of um, commit for this year. And, you know, we were kind of on the fence, but with, you know, the things that were laid out to us and, and kind of having a lot of the pieces of the puzzle put together from the last 18 to 24 months, it was something that we felt that we could definitely pull off. That that sounds like a quite a, a turn of events in the last few months. Um, you had your press conference last week to discuss a lot of this. How's that experience been with uh, not only launching a team but being a founding member of a new league? You know, honestly, it's uh, it, it's really. <laughs> I keep saying this word or this term, I should say, but I feel like I'm in a microwave setting. You know, so everything is is you know when I was. I'm, I'm kind of a planner, right? So I'm a lot of the operations type, you know, personality where I can, you know, get behind the scenes, build up and get ready for a season over the, the course of, you know, six to nine months, right? But whereas this one is, is more, it's a lot different because it's like, I have a lot of the pieces and the resources, but you need to get a lot of those answers and things of that nature at a faster rate. So, um, you know, when, when we had, you know, the press conference last Tuesday, we, um, had our press release from our team, 
the, the previous Friday, and then the league sent it about two Fridays ago. So the uh, it's been a wave of events. It's been like each week, it, it's been great build up when the league, you know, sent out, you know, our blurb and, and, you know, and our quotes and, and, you know, a lot of, you know, there was a little inklings and people were talking and chirping. And then, you know, when we put out our press release uh, this past, uh, you know, uh, two Fridays ago, then it was like a situation where it's like, wow, people are really starting to, to to take wind of this, this idea of bringing, you know, professional soccer to Grand Rapids. And then, you know, once I, you know, once that press conference happened and everyone's, you know, starting to, you know, put out these articles and then it was just like M live and, and, and different, you know, podcast and different media outlets were reaching out as far as trying to get this thing, you know, going. But, you know, it's 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 kind of it's crazy because, you know, I have to wear two hats. It's like I'm wearing the operations hat where I got to put everything in place and start to align everything for the start of our season in December. And then on the other side, it's like you have to be the face. You have to continue to, to have and promote this brand that's new to the area, but also to the state of Michigan. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of great soccer that's going on in the state of Michigan. Um, as far as at the, you know, semi-pro, the development level, our youth programs, um, as well as the professional ranks on the east side of the state. You know, it's really exciting to see, you know, uh, Detroit City FC, they're qualifying for the playoffs um, in their inaugural season. Um, and to see the the growth of the youth soccer throughout the state, right? You know, I played soccer over uh, with the Michigan Wolves. Um, so to, to see all these um these 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 uh, soccer outlets and all these different organizations and, and clubs starting to gain traction. It was kind of the perfect time to strike. You know, we got the World Cup. Uh, um, you know, in the next you know what two months we got it in November. So, you know, these types of things were where I think in my mind behind the scenes everything's starting to align, you know, so I wanted to strike while the iron was hot. We, you know, we, we had a lot of these things in place. So we were, we were just ready to hit the ground running. Yeah. Good point about the uh, world cup. Uh, it's still strange to think about uh, December is on the heels of the world cup, right. but uh, you uh, in the press release, it said you're going to play a 12 game season and there'll be six at home. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, about finding uh, your niche and your target. Um, I guess who is who is the target audience, and then also why specifically the indoor variety of soccer? Yeah, well, um, th- there's also been obviously uh, word from the in the West Michigan area, the the Grand Action 2.0. They've also, um, ironically, over the last it was the day before the league put out our press release, um, but there's been you know talks of a stadium being built. Um, or an amphitheater of some sort in the um, West Michigan area for definitely outdoor events, but specifically they want to bring outdoor soccer uh, to to uh, to West Michigan to Grand Rapids, and you know I was part of that on the forefront when I was working with you know Grand Rapids FC. Um, they were having conversations. Uh, some of their investors were involved with trying to create um, an outdoor professional team. So I, I know that that is definitely something of importance for our um, for our, our, our area, our region. Um, but it definitely is something on this side of the state. We've been trying to get closer and closer to the goal of having um, an outdoor team for sure. So when the opportunity came where it was somewhat aligned, 
but didn't necessarily step on any of the toes of the upcoming news or things to to be had for an outdoor team. I felt like that was kind of our niche to kind of fall in line right there, you know, with uh, with an indoor professional team. Um, and as far as the target audience goes, um, I think, you know, growing up playing soccer, you know, at the age of five, um, you know, always being able to, you know, see the, the greatest athletes and and the the game evolve, um, especially when, you know, some of my favorite teams to watch uh, was Brazil um, at a young age, right? And like the Joca Bonita, where they are, you know, dancing and they, they bring so much a vibrant um, mindset and skill set to the game where it's like, they're they're bringing the joy uh, from their from their you know everyday walk of life. They bring it onto the pitch as well with them. So for us to be able to you know play an indoor game, which this game is also has been around for you know decades, the game is continuously evolving, and you see a lot of these players are able to speak um, uh, through the game of soccer. And so we want to play that brand of soccer that it's, it's, it's exciting to people. It excites the fans and specifically the young kids growing up, you know, we have over 10,000, you know, kids in the area that are playing sports. We want to be able to target some of those kids that need to find a resource, right? Because in the summer, there's so much going on. There's so much to do. We can go to the, you know, the lakes and the beaches, and we can go up to cottages and hang out with friends and family, you know, but then as we get into the fall and into the winter, we're a lot more dormant and we have a lot of things that were taken away from us as far as the, um, the flexibility because we live in Michigan, right? So I think a, a lot of these kids, you know, what we experienced uh, over the pandemic, I think a lot of us as, as adults, but actually kids as well, have experienced a lot of isolation um, and, and, and a lot of mental issues because it comes up as they are looking for something to gravitate towards. And I think that void in the winter is a perfect stopgap for, you know, us transitioning from the summer all the way through to the spring, I think that that those those winter months of having something that they can go to and and be a, and have a sense of community and gravitate towards what we're trying to build, which is a community based team with a lot of players that have um, things left in the tank. A lot of kids that want to aspire to do great things and continue their playing career. We have a great pool of players just in our area, in our surrounding area. So for us to be able to have um, those players on our team, those then can reach into their community. And then therefore you have people that looked up to those kids that were playing those high schools and those colleges and, and, and coming back home and maybe, you know, working or, you know, doing things on the side. I think that we can actually pull people from their communities to see what we're doing and looking at the things that we're doing special on the pitch. Right. So a lot of our players are going to be from the, you know, from the Michigan based area um, as we grow the team, we will obviously look to branch out, but for sure in those first, you know, one or two years, that's something that GRFC did really well in the early onsets of they really reached back into the community around here and brought those players that that had those fan bases and that following that really brings that sense of community. And I think that that's what we're really focused in on, focused in on is the youth, the youth clubs around this area here and a lot of these families uh, that need stuff for their kids to do, especially in the winter months. That's a great point about like filling that need in the winter because yeah, in the summer, there's just, I mean, you have to, there's so many things to choose from. You just got to right. almost find a way for players and fans in general, or just 
the population at large of like how many different things you do, vacations, this or that, or any number of activities. But in the winter, yeah, it's a little slimmer. And there's definitely been winter on the east side of the state where I wish we had the likes of the rockers and the neon like we once did when right. uh, I was I was a kid. So uh, recognize that. That's very cool. Amongst the, the things that you were able to show uh, at your release was uh, the Rapid City Football Club logo. And um, I read in the release that that's actually uh, a, a statue. Uh, the, the, was it the Calder, Calder uh, yeah, statue? Yeah. And w- why? What, what about that statue speaks to you uh, and your partners that loudly that you want to make that the logo of your club? Yeah, you know, it's... Um... It's something that, you know, it stands obviously for, you know, Rapids, you know, it actually, you know, the the Grand Rapids area. So like the meaning in and of itself, um, you know, speaks, speaks volume to the city. Um, but I also think that it brings recognition to our city, right? Because I mean, I think that there's a lot of, you know, and like I said, in the microwave setting, I can, I wish I can show you all these things I was doodling on pieces of paper and trying to come up with the, you know, the greatest crest. And, you know, I was, you know, looking at different avenues of trying to incorporate Grand Rapids as a city, um, but also trying to be um, a a unique brand and our colors in and of itself. A, A lot of our you know, being because we're, you know, in the area, we're near water, a lot of the crest and things of that nature were like, you know, different tones of blues and, you know, things like blue, black, white. So I wanted to kind of take a different approach. Um, also try to incorporate maybe my alma mater here, you know, Michigan State here, rough weekend for us, but, um, you know, incorporate a different type of, of vibe and something to set ourselves aside. Because I think that, again, when you see a lot of the teams, you know, that, you know, the Midwest United's or the GRFC, you know, a lot of them, they take that, that, that same type of color and that scheme. So I wanted to kind of evolve it and then also put on the forefront our Calder and what our city means um, and, and actually bring attention to it so that when we have our crest, you know, we're, we're very, you know, proud and, and we're, you're, and we're putting it out there that we are a very, you know, you know, a very eccentric, you know, organization. We, we want to be vibrant. We want to be, you know, pri- uh, proud of what um, we bring to uh, the city, because I think that that's where, you know, being able to rep and have that brand, you know, it's like, um, you know, for us, coming from a, a grassroots setting, that's kind of where we, we started. You know, that's where we're coming from. So it'll always be on our chest and in our minds when when representing um, on the road or at home. I see you wearing the club uh, crest on your jacket. They're looking very sharp. So is that the colors of the, that, that your team will wear? The colors um, will be gold, uh, forest green, um, and like a charcoal or black. Um, so that will, this one was more so for, we were, we were doing a little bit of, uh, we were doing a little bit of test of what shows up better in video and camera. So we have a couple of these that we printed out that were all gold, but they're, they're, you know, the, the LA, the LAFC, I like that black and gold scheme. So we have a bunch of, you know, in the, in the little, the war room, we have a couple of different ideas out there as far as, you know, our third kits and and things of that nature. But a lot of the kits are going to, to have um, the, the, the basic colors of of forest green, um, charcoal and gold. So those would be a a lot of our, um, our colors. 
Um, but they're also going to have, like I said, we'll have a couple of third kits and, and different kits that we'll incorporate. Maybe it's just a black and gold um, scheme. But, you know, it's that's the fun part. Right. It's, you know, I've been, you know, since a little kid, I've been doing, you know, manager mode on FIFA and been playing Madden and, you know, all these games, you know, growing up. And it was always that dream of mine that you can actually, you know see this thing come to fruition, right? I'm creating jerseys and, you know, different, you know, teams and and, and bringing a group of players together. It seems like, you know, it seemed like a dream at the time, but, you know, for this to come together and being able to be behind, you know, what the crest looks like, what the color schemes are like, what the jerseys look like, you know, to put together all this, it obviously is at times overwhelming, but the excitement is uh, it's it's overwhelming as well. And and I'm super excited that you know we can definitely uh, bring a product uh, that 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 our city and uh, our state can be proud of. Uh, I bet that's super exciting. Yeah, you're living out that 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 fantasy dream or that that FIFA dream of uh, being able to construct it in the way you want to. And I was going to ask about your your first uh, hire as coach and your explanation of wanting that uh, expressive and stylistic ball, maybe Brazilian style. So bringing on uh, uh, Fabian Rodriguez, who is steeped in the futsal world, uh, that kind of plays in into that, doesn't it? It does truly. Um, and you know, it's it's very um, it's very tough because you know a lot of people when you start to bring these projects up. And you you start to have you know a lot of people that want to put you know all hands on deck and everyone want to help and, and everyone wants to help and, and try to push this thing in the right um, manner. And when Fabian was brought to our um, to our attention as far as being someone who was very very well versed um, in the futsal world, um, obviously indoor soccer. Um, and five and six aside, they translate a little bit, but it's also the um, the mindset of how to attack, right? So it's a little bit different when you do eleven aside because obviously there's less people um, that you, that have to get behind the ball and actually to, in order to build up, right? When when you're trying to go on the attack, and so Fabian's mindset um, from a standpoint of um, just the foundation of indoor soccer. I think that that gives us a great, great awareness. But also, when bringing him to the forefront, I think it helped push the um, the delay at finding skilled and talented players like-minded that understand the indoor game. You know, for me, I have a lot of experience with 11 aside, you know, outdoor with GRFC Midwest. What will, uh, at the, in the uh, Major League Indoor Soccer, uh, just what will the game look like? How many aside boards, not boards? Like, what, what will the game look like in this newer indoor league? Yeah, so it'll be five, five on five, and then in, also on top of that will be a goalie. So there'll be a total of six on each on each half. Um, there will be boards, um, and also the league will also have. Um, we definitely are going to be streaming, so we will be streaming our games as well. So a, a lot of those individuals, you know, such as yourself, that might be on the other side of the state, will be able to view our game as well and, and kind of get a sense of what well, not only the style of play. But also, it'll give you uh, an understanding of um, just the, this game, right? In the because again, this game is 
is is is new as far as on the professional side in a long time in the state of Michigan. You know, we we've had some you know great those those Beasley days. You know where you know um, we had we were able to have some of those guys in Detroit playing at a high level because again they weren't able to play professionally. But you know the 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 community on the east side of the state it was it was huge and big on soccer, and that's where I think that you know. Grand Rapids has kind of evolved into that as well. Well, a lot of these guys want to continue playing. So you'll be able to, you know, uh, view our product on, on um, online as well. So it'll give you guys a great sense of not, o- not only the uh, the league and, and what it encompasses, but I think just our brand of, of soccer. So moving forward into the season itself, um, it said that you're going to kick off in December. Um, where did you end up? Where is going to uh, be your home venue? And uh, when do like tickets and all that go on sale? Yeah. So MSA Sports Spot um, off of 32nd Street is going to be uh, the location of our, our games this year. Um, obviously, you know, with some of the investors that we have, a lot of ideas have been, you know, thrown around about, you know, potentially, you know, Get, having a venue, uh, building a venue down the road. So obviously that would be, you know, an ideal situation, but there's also something downtown, um, a venue that, you know, the Grand Rapids Gold and the Grand Rapids Griffin, they also, um, that's also home for them as well at Van Andel. So those are, are places that we've talked about um, in the past as well. But for that first, you know, one or two years, we really want to build, again, the fan base. We want to build uh, excitement uh, before we just stretch ourselves too thin, right? So we want to start um, at, at, at a MSA Sports Spot um, and games will, will start, um, I would say that middle of December. Uh, that's what we kind of locked in for sure, uh, for our first home games. Um, and as far as tickets going on sale, season tickets are available, um, online, um, www.rapidcityfc.com. Um, but individual tickets will go on sale middle of October. Uh, we're just, we're still, we, they're still unveiling a couple of more teams in our uh, in our conference as well as in the uh, in the other conferences as well. So it's there's a lot of a lot of buzz because like they're they're kind of doing that like that slow release where they're letting a little bit more bait, you know, and getting people excited and more and more, you know, teams across the nation are starting to to get introduced uh, to the league, and they they're having these conversations, you know, and I think that there's one more. Um, team um, can't say, but there, there's one more team in our conference that that is going to be announced uh, shortly. So we'll, uh, we're we're pretty excited to be able to have you know some of these teams in our conference that are great, uh, uh, are close in proximity, right? So that's another thing about building those rivalries, you know, in the areas that you have teams in Cleveland and Cincinnati. Um, and as well as in uh, Chicago, you know, those are they're only two to three hours away. So to, to have those teams and build those rivalries, it's a great sense for our fans to be able to go on the road and, 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 and you know, bring, you know, their energy uh, for us as well. But um, the, the the season ticket uh, sales are, are happening now. Individual ticket sales will, will start uh, once the schedule is posted uh, in mid-October. Speaking of teasing, saying that there's another team in driving distance soon to be announced is uh, uh, an exciting little uh, tidbit. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to discovering what that might be. Um, 
what before we go i wanted to ask you so if i get you on at the end of the season what would be your goal here for season one and then um what will the club be doing beyond that that 12 game season yeah so um the season will probably end around march around that time frame so there's um there's going to be spring break and things of that nature uh, going on. And, you know, a lot of people can, can kind of reset, you know, within our staff. Cause again, like I said, we're putting a, a we're, you know, putting a lot of energy um, into getting the season uh, started. So we definitely want to, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the, the season, we, we obviously want to go to the drawing board and be able to assess, you know, the, the, uh, the season in its entirety. But for me, I, I mean, I'm I'm super competitive. So in my mind, I want to be competing. You know, I want to be top two in our conference. You know, and that's where you know I want to see us make a playoff push. You know, because you know, obviously having a new team, uh, not knowing the other uh, teams' rosters, but from a standpoint of being confident in the in the team that we're putting together, um, I think that for us, it's um, to continue to to strive for excellence. And so we want to do our part in the community to build that, uh, that sense of, you know, um, excitement towards the game. And so I like to be, you know, um, at near the top of the table, have a chance to go to, you know, to make a, a push in the playoffs and, uh, you know, see where the chips uh, may fall. Well, very exciting stuff. Um, all the best to you as you, you know, build a brand new club in a brand new league. Lewis Stevens, thank you so much for joining me here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. And may the ball bounce in your favor, sir. Thank you, Robert. Uh, you enjoy. Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Very excited to welcome my next guest. He was announced as CEO of a brand new club set to open up professional operations in 2023 to talk more about Gold Star FC Detroit. Here he is, Mr. Alex Lubyansky. Thank you for joining Michigan Soccer Central, sir. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So to start off, um, over the summer, it was announced Gold Star FC Detroit was coming to NISA, the professional uh, third division in the United States, and it was going to be right here in Metro Detroit. Uh, can you tell the listeners, um, what is Gold Star FC Detroit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so it is a expansion club within NISA, um, playing in the Metro Detroit area. We are very focused on providing a top-of-the-line experience for fans, a uh, very welcoming, family-centric environment, uh, something for everybody. We will be building our own stadium. Um, the game day will be unlike anything that has been in this area before. It's the first soccer-specific stadium built in the state of Michigan. Um, in addition to that, this last summer, uh, we acquired a club who is the winningest club in Andorran history. They play in the top division 
uh, and have qualified for UEFA Champions League qualifying 13 times. Um, so that's another big piece of our operation. So there's the side of this um, enterprise where locally we're looking to be an unbelievable atmosphere and environment for families to enjoy the highest level of football that is available. Um, and globally, what we're looking to do is to give players a pathway to compete in the UEFA Champions League, uh, which is the world's biggest stage of soccer. So uh, it's an exciting project, an ambitious project. There really isn't anything like it uh, that comes before us. So every day is a learning experience, trial by fire situation. Yeah, a lot to chew on there. Um... I didn't mention at the top that you have uh, a big local connection. Uh, you played at the University of Michigan. You manage the club there as well as uh, the Jaguars, I believe, as well. Is that true? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I've been at a lot of local uh, clubs over the years. Um, so that is all true. Um, and then uh, I, I should mention... Um, about five years ago, I did start a club in Baltimore, Maryland, having never lived there, um, that competes now in the USL two. Um, and that was a tremendous, tremendous trial by fire learning experience as well. So, um, that club is now, um, operating as Christos FC, which I, I know a lot of people are familiar with. We have a number of, uh, players who have gone on to play in major league soccer and overseas. Um, so uh, th that's another part of my background that I, I think is, is very relevant here. And uh, certainly in our inaugural roster here for Gold Star Detroit, um, it will be a very interesting option for some of those players to come through as well. Because um, ultimately, this is an opportunity for player development and an opportunity for player movement. So um, that's that's something that I think is is very unique and exciting when we talk about the whole family of clubs model. So you have uh, a lot of history in the Metro Detroit area, and it's you're saying this is a there. Like I said, there's a lot to chew on in the open. So Gold Star FC Detroit uh, set to join NISA, new stadium, um, a pathway to a European league. Um, how did this, how did the connections to, uh, all this come about? Uh, was this starting a, a club yourself? Was that something that you've, you've always been striving towards and why now at this moment? Because there is uh, another club in the area, um, with a similar name in the same league that you're joining. And then there's also a, a division two team operating um i guess with all that context why here and why now at this moment yeah so uh, you talk about local ties let's let's hit the rewind button about 15 20 years um when i was coming through the college system here uh when i was younger there was no intentional pathway to get a player visibility um and movement from here into europe and back then it was very 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 rare um, I mean, you looked back then, it was more uh, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, um, a handful of, of goalkeepers, Keller, Friedel, guys like that. Nothing like it is now where there's, you know, throw a pebble and you hit an American player overseas. Um, so um, back then, one of the formative experiences of my life was in the summer playing for a team out of Detroit called the Detroit Arsenal. So the Detroit Arsenal was an early club within the NPSL. 
Um, and it was started um, here in Detroit. Um, it was very much the predecessor to Detroit City FC. So um, on the field, the level of talent was spectacular. Um, it was uh, kind of prehistoric in that social media wasn't very popular back then. So building a, a supporters culture was more difficult. Um, but that was something that as a player helped me tremendously to develop, to play year round, um, to have a summer experience um, as well as a collegiate one. So after I got done playing, um, I had my trial at Dinamo Kiev in Ukraine, didn't make it. Um, and I was just so grateful to, to the staff um, behind Detroit Arsenal. Um, I always had this vision and this desire to get involved in that space. So um, by the time financially I was personally in a position to do anything like that, um, Detroit City FC here was already so popular and there were so many other clubs locally that, that were in the same space, um, you know, AFC Ann Arbor, um, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids FC, Toledo Villa, um, the Bucks. I mean, so many that uh, I would say there were at least 15, 20 that you could drive a car as a player um, from here and play for one of these clubs. I thought there was very little chance of success at that level um, as an owner. And that's why I chose Baltimore, Maryland at that time. Um, cut my teeth, learned anything and everything, had some incredibly positive experiences, had some incredibly important learning opportunities. And I still think that that space, uh, is hypersaturated here in Metro Detroit. So there's not really an opportunity there, but in the professional space, um, there's a tremendous one. There's a tremendous opportunity for somebody to come in, um, and, and do something special. So, um, when I was contacted by our, our team owner for Gold Star, Dan Milstein, um, to build something special, um, and he, of course, has tremendous ties in the Metro Detroit area as well, um, I got incredibly excited about the prospect. So um, the kind of operation that we're going to be able to launch, again, has, has absolutely not been um, seen in this area before. And I think that that gives us a special opportunity to capitalize in the local market. Um, then you look at Dan's success in such a short time in hockey, Robert, I don't know how familiar you are if you've looked at gold star hockey. Um, but really it's a global, global player in, in, in the hockey space. So, um, as an agency in that space of the top five NHL contracts, um, NHL being the UEFA Champions League of that sport. I mean, the NHL is the biggest league in the world uh, for hockey. Um, two of those players are gold star clients. Um, there's more than 40 NHL players through gold star. Um, there's hundreds globally in leagues like the KHL and other parts of Europe. Um, and, uh, in the NHL draft every year, they're, they're amongst the most successful, um, agencies of, of getting guys drafted. So, um, to have that, that funding and that infrastructure and the institutional knowledge, and to be able to take that and apply it to soccer is, uh, is an unbelievable opportunity. So, um, that's where on a local level, what we're going to be able to offer is unrivaled. And then on a global level, um, down the line, I absolutely expect a, a large number of players that come through our Gold Star family of soccer clubs to end up playing 
um, in the top five leagues of Europe. Wow, that's a that, that's quite. Uh, I'd say out of all the things I've learned so far, ambition is definitely at the forefront <laughs> of uh, of your plans as far as uh, Stadia uh, routes to the top five leagues in Europe. Um, so I guess what is in store? Like uh, we we already spoke that you have plans, uh, or you're, you're an expansion side for Nisa, but you want to be a, a pathway. So um, outside of the first team, uh, what will Gold Star? Uh, what will the operation the first look team, like? I would say locally here in Michigan is going to be a tremendous amount of community support to all of the clubs. Um, you should not expect to see a gold star football club, uh, youth club. You should not expect to see uh, players uh, paying dues to play for us. What you should expect is the very, very best of the best uh, talent being signed to professional deals. So um, like you would see at MLS academies across the country, um, we will be providing housing. We will be paying professional contract, um, wages. We will be providing education and we will be attracting the best of the best young players in the United States to live, uh, to learn and to develop. And that is very, very unique. And nobody in Michigan has the funding or the vision to do this yet. So, um, we will be attracting some unbelievable players, but we will not be, uh, trying to have uh, an under 12 team, for example, who is, is part of a youth club. Our goal is to support every single player within MSYSA. There's over 80,000 of them. Um, we, we absolutely love all of the local youth clubs uh, and, and we plan to support all of them. So um, I, I, I find it very important to make it clear that we don't want to you know, compete on the youth side with anybody. We just want to give uh, an ambition to all of the local clubs for something for their very, very best players to have a place to develop, grow professionally, and then, you know, make a massive splash when they move to Europe, be it through FC Santa Coloma, which is our own club now, or directly into the big five. Well, oh, um, that, that, that's pretty incredible plan. Um, I guess, when does that get like set in motion? Cause on the, on the website, it says, uh, hitting the field NISA 2023, Um, so when, when, when does all this, you know, get set into motion? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been training for months on end, um, in, in small settings. Um, we haven't held any kind of an open tryout. We have plans to do so. Once again, we have absolutely no plans to charge any money for that. We, we are never going to charge a kid to play soccer or to try to play soccer. Um, so, uh, down the line, you can expect that that is something that, that we put on. Um, but again, it would be at, at absolutely no cost and, uh, it's just an opportunity. So, um, I would anticipate we'll hold some sort of an open tryout, uh, around late November. Um, in addition, I would anticipate that we break ground on our stadium, uh, within the next 60 days, because all of this is going to be up and running in time for the spring season. So, um, a very, very aggressive accelerated timeline, but it's all, it's all very real and very active. And uh, Robert, you might be one of the first people we've even had time or bandwidth to talk to about it because all we're doing is working. That's a, thank you for spending the time to, to talk about it. Like uh, I said, I mean, when uh, the news broke of a brand new professional team uh, going down or being created here in the area, you know, obviously uh, excitement and curiosity rose. Um, so you're saying break, groundbreaking in the next 60 days, and you're saying that the, the stadium is going to be ready for March 2023? Yep. 
Absolutely. And then, um, can you share the location and what kind of stadium and where what we might be looking at? I cannot share the location. I can say that we're in uh, final discussions with a, a number of locations. They're all in the Metro Detroit area. Um, I can, of course, share some some of the specifics, um, which would be uh, 5,000 seats, um, top-of-the-line turf that is the first of its kind installed in the United States, much less Michigan. Um, it's, it's the turf that is used by Champions League clubs. There's a very specific... Uh, quality that meets those standards and we're importing that um, VIP suites um, lighting um, of the highest standard the the audiovisual components of this are going to be of the sort that we can attract um, top-end performers concerts entertainment events things of that nature um, so it, it's just going to be a place for the community to get together, be part of something special and, uh, enjoy some, some time. So, um, we see it as an absolute entertainment destination and, uh, very aggressively we'll start moving forward on constructing this thing. Awesome. Uh, uh a brand new stadium in the works, 5,000 people. Uh, that That's a, a great number. Uh, some of my favorite stadia, uh, in the UK and across Europe, at least, are those uh, very nice but modestly sized stadiums. I, I, I love those a lot. Uh, you said that uh, you're going to be attracting players from across the country and uh, partnering or, or assisting however you can with uh, the 80,000 or so youth yeah. players here. So it's going to be kind of a, a mix of uh, developing youth while bringing in other I guess what were the players you said were bringing in top players? Uh, what 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 type of players would that will we bringing in from outside of the area? We're we're hyper focused on developing young players. So um, you know when you look at market values and the ability to actually capitalize on player transfers and the sorts of players who have a potential to still move to Europe, you're looking at very young players. Um, then you have to look at. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very intentional and ethical with how we do things uh, and professional league standards matter to us, um, immigration law, all of the things that, that have to be met from an organizational standpoint. Uh, we don't cut any corners. So um, as it stands right now, uh, NISA is such a young and exciting league um, that it's going to take ownership groups like ours to come in and elevate the level. So um, as part of that, they don't yet have the legal ability where they're rubber stamped to import international players. Um, our personal ability to come in and elevate the standing, the reputation, um, all of the things that the league needs to demonstrate in order to be able to very simply import internationals in the way that major league soccer is now able to do, um, that will be a game changer because again, uh, we already have so many scouts hired and actively working in Europe um, that those players cannot yet come to Gold Star Detroit. After one season, when we have successfully executed on this vision and on this model, um, we absolutely anticipate that we'll be able to combine the best of the best young domestic American players with very, very, very strong um, international players together. Uh, so that we can not win one U.S. Open Cup game against an MLS team, but our ambition is to is to win the tournament.
And I know that that sounds crazy, but it doesn't bother me. Uh, that's never stopped me from doing something. So um, it's an absolute game changer. We, we see U.S. soccer headed a specific direction that I know from the outside looking at us sounds maybe too ambitious to be real. It does not bother me one bit. Um, it, it's what we're after. It's what we're about, and we're going to pull it off. So right now, those international guys are going to play for FC Santa Coloma um, in Andorra. That's that's gone quite well. Um, our first two games, we uh, we won our first match, second match. We ended up with a draw against last year's uh, top flight champions from Andorra. Um, but uh, as we as we have a little bit more time, it's literally Robert been forty five days since we <laughs> took that club over. Uh, the winter transfer window is going to be very active for us. We have a lot of players reaching out. Um, our goal there is to actually make the group stage of Champions League. They've made it to the qualifying round 13 times. They've won a few of those. Um, the team that we just tied won a qualifying round this year in the Champions League and then lost in the second leg. If you make it through four of those qualifying legs, you get to a very special spot in global soccer, and that is our ambition as well. Yeah, uh, that 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 is uh, yeah the, the pinnacle, and uh, the club in Andorra has a glimmer of hope, like going through, like you said, the the rounds to then make it to that summit. I, I got to say, I think the the press release for for Gold Star uh, was the first Andorra slash Detroit press release I've ever seen. <laughs> We've been so busy working that again, uh, yeah, you're you're one of the first people that we've actively spoken to um it, it is a it is an unbelievable amount of work to put this all together and and that's where our focus has been um so uh yes that that was the first maybe the only real mention that we've made of the club in andorra is that is that you know we acquired it um but here we are we're two games in you can watch those games they are they are broadcast on twitch um on the andorran federation channel and actually the production quality is is pretty pretty solid um, it's an enjoyable broadcast. Um, so I, I would certainly recommend it to anybody if they want to see a match. And is that a uh, part of the plans here, um, for, uh, the Detroit side to broadcast the games, uh, in 2023? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Uh, the, the Detroit operation is going to be very, very well marketed and very well put together. So we're actively adding staff. You may have seen on our social media, uh, that we just hired, uh, Kim Brody from the Detroit Red Wings. She's been there for uh, many years, also at Domino's Pizza. She is absolutely top of the line sports executive. Uh, so she will be our chief operating officer. Um, and, you know, we are actively putting all of this together. So uh, by the time that the stadium is built and we play our first NISA game, you can certainly expect uh, top of the line production, social media, all of the things that have to happen. Um, so, you know, right now the focus has been 99.9% on the technical side of it, uh, acquiring the right players, uh, acquiring the right coach. I mean, our coach in Andorra is unbelievable. Uh, th there has not been a coach with that resume in that, in that league before. Um, and, uh, the excitement over there is, is tremendous. I mean, these guys are being pushed to the brink every day. So, um, that side of it is rock solid. Now we just have to start developing out the marketing side and, and, publicity and all the things that have to happen so that people know we exist. So again, this is a huge first step in that direction, Robert. We appreciate it. 
There's uh, many, so many different aspects of uh, a soccer club. You got the players, you got your own staff, you have to engage the public, and then there's the business operations and the media operations. So I can understand uh, that uh, it's around the clock uh, work. So what would be the next thing uh, that the public is going to learn? I would say we're going to have a very, very nice stadium reveal party. Um, and uh, you will get a personal invitation as well as some other uh, media outlets in the area. Um, and you'll get to meet Dan Milstein and uh, myself and Kim. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put on a nice event. So I'd say that's going to be a, a big one to look forward to um, as we finalize which of these sites is the correct site to build the stadium. On um, the Gold Star website, I did see there is a countdown ticker for our season ticket sales, and that is uh, uh, the countdown uh, hits zeros this week. So that led me to the question, what sort of price point are we looking at in the debut season, and what's the target audience overall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the target audience um, is uh, anybody and everybody who loves the sport of soccer and wants to have a great family experience. So you're going to be looking at very similar prices to what everyone's accustomed to. Uh, of course, we'll have a range of options. So um, the VIP suites will be a higher price point, but similar to what you would see uh, with other options in the area. So um some of the amenities and the location and all of those things will be very, very attractive to, uh, to Metro Detroit, you know, on-site parking, uh, the ability to go and enjoy the game is going to be, uh, is going to be top notch. And then, uh, what is the team going to look like? What is the, the, the team colors and what, do you have any plans for the kits just yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just, uh, we just inked a deal with Adidas. Uh, so, you know, if you want to have a top of line operation, uh, you kind of have to have the brand that is the most recognized in the sport globally. So um, we'll be wearing Adidas, we'll have custom kits. Um, we do have our logo. Uh, so, you know, we'll be looking at different variations on uh, it's very popular with, with kind of the, the single color right now uh, logo around the world, kind of the black and white, uh, options. So we'll have a lot of that, uh, merch will be available, uh, at some point here down the line. And that will be, uh, that'll be available online and in stadia, of course. Um, so all of those bits are being developed out, um, season tickets right now. It's, it's a season ticket deposit, which is very similar to the model that, uh, you know, Charlotte and some of the other new MLS teams have, have gone, uh, is it, just getting people excited early on. Um, and, uh, you know, those, those will release this week, but things will gain a lot more clarity and traction as we move closer to revealing the location. I, I can understand, uh, the desire for people to know exactly where this is. So, um, I'm very excited to share all of that in the very near future. Well, it sounds like lots of, uh, big info to come, uh, uh, the, 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 the stadium location and the groundbreaking, the party, uh, then, uh, can't wait to see uh, what sort of uh, things come next. So I, I really appreciate it. Is there any other uh, tidbits about the team that you can share with us uh, before we go our own ways? No, I think, I think this is a, a good, a good start and uh, we'd be happy to continue the conversation down the line with, uh, with your podcast. All right. Well, Mr. Alex Lubianski, uh, CEO of the, 
Uh, forthcoming new professional team in the Detroit area, Gold Star FC Detroit. Thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you, listener, for uh, pressing play on this latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you for sticking around to the very last segment. Uh, thank you to my guests, Lewis Stevens and Alec Lubinsky. Uh, some exciting times in Michigan soccer. The only constant in Michigan soccer is that it's always changing. Uh, brand new indoor soccer team on the west side and a new professional outdoor teams in NISA on the east side. Uh, lots of exciting stuff ahead. So I hope you enjoyed those conversations. Also, thanks to all the guests we've had in the past. If you want to check out the uh, weekly podcast, we've got a handful of them on the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube and well around about 60 episodes or so on Spotify. So thank you, listener, once again for tuning into Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to all my guests and thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. And be sure to send in your team of the week uh, candidates and nominations because <clears throat> we do the Michigan Soccer Central. We are soccer team of the week each and every week. And before I forget, congratulations to the Western Michigan Broncos. They were this week's Michigan Soccer Central. We are soccer team of the week. Send your submissions to either We Are Soccer or Michigan Soccer Central each and every week. And we'll give you your flowers for outstanding performance on the field or some sort of off-the-field community service you may have done. So, until next week, may the ball bounce your way. Take care.